The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Hey, this is Kirk Cousins, live at the Senior Bowl with Roster Watch. Ladies and gentlemen, Roster Watch Nation, welcome back to the epic Roster Watch podcast brought to you by rosterwatch.com. My name is Alex Dunlap, and joining me today, a very special guest, uh, a, a guy who you've not heard on the serious show, you've not heard on the podcast, and you're going to be very thrilled to hear from today. His name is John Creasel. Uh, you can find his, his content uh, at johncreasel.com. John, what is it on Twitter? Is it at John Creasel? Yep. Yep. At, at John Creasel. That's Spelled K-R-I-E-S-E-L. Nailed it. Okay, so uh, he is a contributor to K-Fan Radio in the um, Twin Cities area, the Power Trip Morning Show on Fridays. You can find him there. He's also a motivational speaker, an American hero. John, what the hell is going on, brother? How are you? Oh, hanging in, man. It's, It's a total pleasure to get to be on here with you because I've gotten to know your story a little bit about you, uh, as probably many people have through your Twitter profile and some of the various things that you do as you tweet stuff out as you're going to these various motivational speaking gigs and everything like that. Um, for people who might not know, John was in the military, I believe, in the ar- were you in the Army? Yes. Um, can you just kind of tell people your, your origin story about how, you, about how you've come into this motivational speaking, what it was that happened to you? Sure. So uh, in 2006, I was on a deployment to Iraq, uh, stationed at Camp Fallujah. We were attached to the Marine Corps. Uh, And then on December 2nd, 2006, a patrol that I was uh, a part of, our vehicle, uh, one of our fully up armored Humvee, we hit a 200 pound improvised explosive device, which destroyed the vehicle. I lost both of my legs in the attack. I uh, lost two of my best friends. They, they were killed in the attack. But Oh, Jesus. But the... Um, being awake for the whole thing after the bomb went off sitting there. And I joke often about the fact that I've been a Minnesota Vikings fan my entire life kind of prepared me for that. When I looked down and saw that my legs were mangled, I was like, yeah, here we go again. It's another, another missed field goal type sitch, another blown Super Bowl, whatever. But um, uh, yeah, so, so that is kind of the, the synopsis of my motivational speech. I, I make sure to use humor uh, is that's how I got through it is you got to laugh, you got to enjoy life. And I'm thankful actually that I had been awake for it because I was convinced that I wasn't going to survive. And here I am. So every, every day is a gift. 
that's heavy, man. And it just with with Memorial Day, just here in the rear view, that wasn't planned as part of this or anything. Sure. Um, but it's just like it really goes to sh- it really goes to show what that day what that day means, and mm-hmm. it's not just for. Um, it's just really, really heavy. And I, I, and I don't, I don't mean to dwell on, I don't mean to dwell it's on this, day, but that, that, that is such an extraordinary experience. You said that you were awake through the whole thing. You got I your, so, what, yeah. what is, so, all right. So it's an armed Humvee. Mm-hmm. It, but this is a 200 pound device. That's enough to take one of these things out. That's enough to, that's enough to disarm it. I mean, it, it opened it up like a can of peaches. I mean, the thing was demolished. The doors, the four doors, which each door takes four strong dudes to lift, those have been blown up 100 yards in every direction. So, I mean, it, just, it was a direct hit, and, I mean, they got us good. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad that I was awake for it, though, because, like like I said, I think it would have been much t- tougher to to really come back from it if when I woke up at the hospital, all of a sudden I was like, what happened? Oh, my legs are gone. Or instead, when I woke up at the hospital – I thought I'm just happy to be alive and I'm going to make the best out of every day moving forward. And so that part of it, I am thankful. Obviously there are parts of it that, that are awful, but overall I'm good. My mental health is good. Um, I have a, a great life. Life is good, you know? So it's, it's something that happened to me, but I didn't ever want to be defined by what happened to me. I wanted to be defined by how I responded. And that's the way I've tried to live my life. And you have a hell of a lifestyle, man. There's a bunch of stuff I want to ask you about. Like you, you seem like a man's man with all the, you know, all the different, uh, you know, the the golfing and the hunting and the and the and the bourbons and the whiskeys and stuff. So, I, uh, so you're definitely living your best life. Just, but just another, like, did you did so? Did you guys drive over this thing, or did somebody shoot it at you, or how, like how did the how was the weapon deployed against you and you and your friends? So they, uh, it's called a victim operated IED, which makes it sound like we had a, a say in the matter, like we did it by choice, but, yeah. um, they had a pressure plate in the road and it, it, they took little strips of garden hose. They run wire through the, they line the whole inside with guard, uh, with wire and uh, the garden hose, and then they run wire through it. And then if you step on it or drive over it, it goes off and they'll paint it. So it looks like the desert color and it was right as we had around this 90 degree turn, you're always looking in the road. And I was in the right front passenger seat. So I'm looking here, but as you turn a corner, it takes you a second to get your head around. And so the driver didn't see it. None of us saw it. It's just, they put it in the perfect spot. And, and whenever that, whenever that goes, obviously it probably has some kind of concussive, uh, but did you kind of, you kind of came out of that and you look down and it's like, um, you, you just like at that point, do you, like, is your, or your legs just, they're just so, so busted up that you don't know what's happening or do you, were you, did you put like a tourniquet on them or like, what, like, what was your first, what do you, like, what do you, were you scared? Like, what was the, like, what did you do? Like, how did you, what, what happened next? Like what happened next? So it, it's, it's, it's tough to, to say that I, I was scared because you you go into shock. Uh-huh. So I, when I opened my eyes, I mean, there were rocks still falling from it. And so I had been ejected and I heard sounds next to me. I knew that one of my friends was in worse shape than I was and my left leg above the knee, my femur was broken and was sticking out of the leg. So, I mean, it looked very much like this. 
um, I could hear my blood hitting the ground from my right leg. The oh. below the knee, that one looked like I stuck it in a wood chipper. So that thing was just mangled. So we all go through combat lifesaver training. And oh. thankfully, my friends paid attention in that class. So they were in the vehicle ahead of us. They had just missed it. They were in a Bradley fighting vehicle, a tank, and they came rushing back to perform first aid. They got a tourniquet on my right leg because that's the one that was bleeding a ton. Uh, and then they got one on my left leg, covered me up, kind of kept me talking. They had to move me away from the vehicle because it was on its side and it was lying on one of my friends they were trying to rescue. So they moved me in a separate spot away from that. So if it tipped over, I would have still been fine. And then one of the other guys that had been in the blast but uh, was mostly fine. They had him just keep asking me questions to keep me alert and keep me talking until the medevac helicopter got there. So, but, but if the, if there was a tank in front, was the tank in front of you just skinnier or did it just not take that turn? It's wider. And so, so, Oh, and so it, it, it went on, it went under where it straddled it basically. So, I mean, it, it's you always follow the exact tracks of the vehicle ahead of you. Well, mm-hmm. when it's when we're in a Humvee and we're following a Humvee, that's fine. Then we know that that spot's good. But a Bradley fighting vehicle, two of our wheels are going to be on a spot that's been driven on. Two of them are not. So I mean, it, it's it's a roll of the dice, and and uh, it was seven out for us that day. What what looking back your time in the military, that was obviously the, I mean. That was a turn. We all have these turning points in our life. Mm-hmm. That was obviously a big turning point in your life. Um, whenever you look back at your time at the military, though, what, what was the thing about it that what was the thing about the, your service that brought you the most joy? The camaraderie. And, and that's why I'm so thankful that I still get to spend time with the guys I served with because we're based out of Minnesota. And so my best friend who was in the seat behind me, Tim Nelson, uh, he he was blown up and was injured badly too. He, he doesn't have any missing limbs, but I, he got hurt real bad. Um, I get to work with him every day. He lives within 30 minutes of me. I, I, I see him weekly. We golf together. It's my closest friend. Uh, that's the thing about it is, is even when we're doing jobs over there that are, that are at times scary and definitely shouldn't be fun. We still managed to have a blast doing a blast is probably the wrong word to use, but <laughs> Jesus, we managed to have a good time doing it because you're surrounded by great dudes, just high quality of character guys that are funny. Um, th- that's the stuff that I remember the most, not the awful stuff that you see occasionally or cause it is a very, what happened to us is extremely rare. So you were, I'm so you were in Fallujah, so Fallujah, so that's uh, that's Iraq. Yep, Western Iraq. It's about an hour, hour and a half west of Baghdad, I would say. Before I just ask you about how you've moved on, um, but what's it just for somebody who just doesn't know that's just kind of really interested in in this kind of stuff? What's it like over there? What's it like once you land? I know you're probably, you know, you're partitioned off from most of what they do culturally and everything right. like that. But is it really just as sandy and hot and windy as everybody thinks? Like, what, what's the number one thing that you remember about just being there as far as just kind of being a being a foreigner in that land outside of all the war stuff and all the military stuff? Sure. Um before I went, I pictured it as big open desert, just a big sandbox, because that's kind of the images from the Iraq war starting and the invasion and all of that stuff. But we where we were at near Fallujah was farms as far as the eye could see. It looked very much like the wow. central plain, but with some palm trees sprinkled in because they've got 
the Euphrates River, Tigris River. We were close to the Euphrates River, and they that's where irrigation was invented many, many, many years ago. And so it was farms everywhere. It, it was gorgeous. Some of the prettiest sunsets you could ever see because even though there are farms and a lot of vegetation, it's still there's dust in the air. And so it creates just a bright orange sunset. Um, it, it, it was interesting. It was neat. And I feel like we made a difference while we were there. I mean, b- between when our unit arrived and when we left, uh, IED attacks and violent attacks went down 86%. So our unit did a great job cleaning up that area. It was much safer when we left than it was when we arrived there. Um, the people, it's, it's just, it's, it's crazy how much we take for granted here. I mean, if our internet connection goes down, we get pissed off over there. We would bring, we'd have stuff sent to us to donate to the kids in the schools. So there'd be coloring books, beanie babies, because Americans don't think those are cool anymore. Um, stuff like that. And we would give it out to these kids they lost their mind. It was the greatest day of their, uh, of their life. If we gave a kid, an American kid, a coloring book, they'd think it was cool for about a minute. So it, that part of it was neat, just the cultural difference, kind of the wake-up call that we are very fortunate here, and a lot of times we don't think about that. So just kind of all of that. It was just it was an interesting experience. I'm glad I got to do it. It feels like a lot of Americans that haven't had to live through something something like you did or something like a lot of people – you know, like a lot of people do go through something really tough like that. You know, they don't realize, that, you know, just how good we have it here and just, right. you know, and that's a, that's a very important lesson. And I'm sure it's something that you talk about when you're motivational speaking. So as we just kind of segue into that, just so, okay. So you're after the attack, do you get operated on there in Iraq or do they kind of put you on a plane and you get sent home? Or is there like a kind of mini operation there? Then you come back home to get the thing, kind of cleaned up like how does that what's the order of operations there so the the entire goal is to get you back to the united states as quick as possible because that's going to increase the chances for a better recovery or in my situation survival um so what i didn't because once i got on the helicopter i remember that was basically it i remember them asking me questions and i remember i was so tired i couldn't get the words out and i have moments of memory throughout those eight days but so i was in an Uh, medically induced coma for eight days and in writing the book still standing about the situation and my recovery uh the my writer jim cosmo he met with everyone that he could that was involved somehow whether they were there that day whether they're around to make sure we got it accurate that we want to make sure it was accurate and respectful of the fallen and he talked to my company commander who was there when we were brought in and he said that I'd been shocked back to life three times. I hadn't known that at the time until we're writing this book. And around 2008, we started it. That was chilling to learn. So they had to shock me back to life three times. They performed some life-saving surgeries. That was at al Takadam Air Base west of uh, Baghdad, or west of Fallujah, I mean. They sent me to Balad Air Base, stabilized me there, and then launched dual Germany, uh, is where my situation deteriorated enough that my family was essentially flown over to say uh, goodbye. And so thankfully, I was able to eventually get on a flight. They said nobody misses four flights and survives. So thankfully, I made that fourth one and woke up at Walter Reed uh, eight days later in Washington, D.C. So you were in you were in tough you were in tough shape in Germany. Yes. You were in tough shape. 
Yeah, oh, they couldn't man. control my blood pressure and I'd infections because that the the dirt all ends up in your wounds. I had big open wounds. Oh, I, you don't think about that. Yeah, and and so that that part of it was was the more deadly thing. I mean, my legs they took they took those off because they were they were mangled and they, they were not able to be saved. So then it just became the the surgeries to deal with the internal injuries, the infections, uh, cleaning out the wounds constantly. That kind of thing is what I dealt with. And I, I was glad to be asleep for those eight days for sure. Oh, golly, I'm sure. And, and, and so whenever you so as you get back, we're that, so this all occurred in 2006. Yep. And so we get into 2007, 2008. Are you, you know, coming out of this deal? Um, are you back in Minnesota or you do you? What, are you doing the rehab? And of course now, uh, you, you know, you have the prosthetic legs that you can, I mean, I've seen photos of you golfing in, I mean, I've seen photos of you sitting in a hunting blind, like, um, all kinds of stuff. How long did it, were you in a wheelchair at first? And then did, what, uh, did, how much, what kind of, what, was there, uh, I'm sh- how much therapy was there? What, what, what all did that take to get going with as far as the prosthetic uh, legs? Sure. So, I started, so I got hurt beginning of December of 06. It was March of 07 that I started being able to walk on prosthetics. They had to oh. let my, my pelvis had been broken, so they had to let that heal. They had to fuse it back together to my spine because both wings had been broken and were kind of doing this. So they had to stabilize all of that, let it heal. So I had to lay mostly flat for 12 weeks. And then once that healed enough that I could have some weight bearing on my pelvis, then I got fitted for prosthetics and I would just, I would do two sessions of physical therapy every day. Um, I'd try to walk as much as I could. They eventually, they took my prosthetics away from me and locked them up because they didn't want me walking around at night without supervision because I could get hurt. Um, but I just worked my ass off to just try and get back to Minnesota as soon as I could. So I made it uh, back to Minnesota in nine months from the date of the injury to about when I got back home was about nine months. And there was still some, some recovery there. Um, I was, I was having to kind of get back to normal life, find a new, cause I wasn't going to be a soldier anymore. So I had to kind of find new direction. Um, and you know, that, that took a lot of work and, and, and some time and, but it worked out. And then, so if you go on to there, you begin the motivational speaking. I also was looking, you also had a, you also had a run in politics. You were a, you yep. were a house of a Minnesota house of representatives member. What, yep. what is now just out of curiosity, what is that like? How hard is it to go around asking people to give you money for your campaign? Uh, all this stuff like that. Like what, uh, there's a lot of, there's a lot that goes into it. The, uh, how the sausage is made in the, in the political, political world. What, what, what were your big takeaways from that part of your life? Uh, it, it was a very unique, interesting experience. Uh, I really, as I found out after the fact, I wasn't expected to win. Um, it, it, the, the district that I'm in, that I live in, had been in, in the other party's hands for a long time. And without getting into it, I'm a pretty moderate guy, but as far as the party I identify with, that alone was already supposed to kind of make me uh, a bigger underdog than I already would have been. Um, well, because, well, 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 because you ran as a Republican in a, in yeah. a state like in an area like Minnesota, St. Paul. It's, right. Yeah. Right. And so, and, but again, I proved during my two, two years in there, my one term that I listened to the other side that I didn't vote with my party most uh, all the time, you know, and uh, more often than not, I did. Cause that's how it works. But, 
Right. Um, <laughs> the, the campaign part of it was fun, door knocking, getting to meet people, really showing. I mean, I wanted to. to did you actually do the walking around and knocking on doors? I, did. Part of the I used the Segway. I used the Segway to go up to the door, okay. but then I would get off the Segway, walk up the steps to be. Because the Segway makes you much taller, and I didn't want to be looking down at people. Right, right, right. And I yeah. wanted them to see that I cared enough about their vote that I would walk up their steps and go to their door. I wore out a prosthetic leg doing it, but I, I won by 452 votes. So it was it was crazy. And then my term in the legislature, uh, I ended up getting uh, saddled with the Viking Stadium legislation. Are you serious? So I, yeah, so so as a diehard Vikings fan, and it was a weird full circle thing because in my government class back in high school, I'd written a letter to the Speaker of the House, who he wasn't in anymore when I served in the legislature, but explaining that the Metrodome was outdated and it, it, for the Vikings being one of the bottom revenue teams, they should have a better stadium and that our that it would help our local economy that no one travels to go to the Metrodome. It was a crap hole. So um, that kind of thing. And then full circle years forward, I actually had the opportunity to help get that through the legislature and get it passed. So it was, it was a fun, remarkable two years. I chose not to run for reelection. Uh, I left on my own terms, which also made it more fun. And so uh, then I, then I got more into the motivational speaking and stuff The the campaign and winning it and being a state rep was something that gave me a lot of confidence and showed oh, that I sure. could serve in a different capacity. And, uh, and that was a nice little momentum gainer to move forward. That's just, a, it's an amazing story, brother. That's just, it's so Thanks. cool. And, and the, um, and you're right. Like I've been to the, I've been to the, what is it? The target center now? Is it, is, oh, is the, it the new Viking stadium? Yeah. It's U S bank stadium. U S bank. That's right. It's, it's awesome. Right. Isn't it? Yeah. Like, and even some of the, we, we were, we, we were there for a, for a conference like two, right when they first opened, you know, sure. it was still very new. It was like maybe yeah. the summer before last and like the suites that they, like the suites up there, like the corporate suites, it's, just, it's like, it's crazy. It's crazy, dude. It's it's really, 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 really nice. And the whole area around there with a the mm-hmm. little pavilion where people can hang and everything, it, it, it's a great destination spot. So you guys did a yeah. great job, especially to, you know based on what you had there before, which was a laughing stock. All right. So, uh, well, let, speaking of the Vikings, let's just talk about them. Uh, yeah. I, I've, I've, I've kept you long enough with all my other curiosity questions. Oh, but boy, man, people are going to love hearing this. Uh, just so for this last little bit while I have you, let's just talk about Kirk Cousins as a uh, Minnesota Vikings fan and a close observer of the team. What is your level of um, – how much do you like Kirk Cousins? I love him. I, I, I do. And I know that he takes a lot of heat. And it, it, it's it's a bizarre deal being a Vikings fan and hearing so many other fans rip the heck out of him. And, and th- this is a franchise, keep in mind, that has had so many starting quarterbacks. There's been no stability at the position since Dante Culpepper. And then he had his shredded both knees, basically, that one brief run of Brett Favre in, in the 2009 season. Before that, it was always, you go back to the 90s, Warren Moon. We had uh, just all these random people that, and Warren Moon, of course, it was towards the end of his contract. We bring back Randall Cunningham from the dead, Jeff George out of retirement. So keep all of this in mind, and still people savage Kirk Cousins. 
He's one of the only quarterbacks in Vikings history to throw for over 4,000 yards a season. And he's done it, I believe, every season. Maybe his first one with us, he didn't. Of the, my big concern with him is not his production. His productiv- productivity on the field has been outstanding. It's his contract. And I, while I feel that it's worth it in this day and age, with a quarterback whose skill set is not enough to just put the team on his back and, and will them to victory, that's not the type of quarterback he is. Um, those are the guys you can pay a ton of money and have a big portion of the salary cap eaten up by. But as it stands now, I mean, he's going to make $31 million this year. I think it's $45 million next year. It's tough to put a lot of pieces around him uh, with that. And so you have to do it through the draft. And, and we haven't exactly hit home runs. We've done fine. So that's where this, this year, hopefully, with, with Derrissaw and Wyatt Davis, hopefully we have some young, inexpensive offensive linemen to, to really give him time. And then we can focus on that defense that was trash last year and what the reason they missed yeah. the playoffs yeah and, and some and some i mean some other ch- pretty good cheap pieces on ch- cheap pieces on offense just to the skill positions i mean you don't you won't have to pay irv uh, irv smith for a little while you justin won't jefferson. have to pay justin jefferson for a little while and boy what a what a before i ask you about jefferson mm-hmm. just a, about um kirk cousins so it's so basically and uh, he'll I think that you know, is is there any way to get away from this contract in in twenty twenty two? I don't think there is. I no, think that the cap is forty five million, so it's, everything's fully guaranteed. That's they all, March of this year, yeah. They also drafted Kellen Mond, though. Mm-hmm. Did, did you? I mean, being down here in Texas, where obviously I'm obviously real familiar with familiar with him, even though he played he played out at A and M. Um, obviously, got some real good pro style coaching from. Jimbo Fisher, have you got a chance to, you know, get your eyes on any bit of him and just have any idea about what you think you might have in that guy? Impressive highlights, that's for sure. It, it's it's tough though the transition from college to NFL, especially at quarterback. It's it's a roll of the dice. I mean, of all the quarterbacks last year, look at Justin Herbert was the one that stood out the most. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember exactly where he was taken, but he wasn't expected to be the guy out of all of them. And now he looks like he was the steal. So it's my problem with the the Vikings, how they've operated is they've never even really tried. It's been these sixth and seventh round picks that Rick Spielman loves to accumulate a ton of, and he would maybe draft a quarterback there. And the reason Tom Brady's story is so amazing is because it was a six round pick and because it's not a a common occurrence. And so that's kind of what he went on. It was never even taking a good swing at a second rounder first. Round. And I know that with the Christian Ponder deal, we got burned. Teddy Bridgewater hasn't panned out, but he wasn't a total bust. His injury really was, was a big deal. So I'm glad that they made him. They were looking at moving up to get fields. They didn't want to spend what they did big time or a big reason for that is we didn't have a second rounder this year because the Ngakwe trade last year, trying to get him, so this the the whole deal with that kind of caused a chain reaction. I think they would have got Fields if they had a second rounder. Now I like Fields, and it would and it was awesome. I'm glad that we because, like you said, we're not getting away from the Kirk Cousins contract for the next two years. It's highly unlikely a team would be able to take that on in a trade as well. It'd mm-hmm. be something that maybe we're paying portion of it. I I don't know how they'd work that out. So 
Mond is a perfect pick because you can groom him under Kirk for two years and know if he's ready or not. And if he's not ready, then we're drafting again, and it's going to be right. another full rebuild. But I like that they actually made an effort to go and get a quarterback. And I kind of, I kind of like, I kind of like Mond up there. I mean, he can, he can, he can run a little bit. I know you got, you guys are indoors there, but mm-hmm. it starts. Get, I mean, he's he's big. He can run a little bit. It starts getting a little cold outside. I, 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 I like the idea of that. Um, what about? So I wanted to ask you about Justin Jefferson. I want to ask you a couple of just NFC North questions, and then I want to just go through the Vikings' schedule at the very end, and just sort of ask you your thoughts on these games. So just about Justin Jefferson, just quickly. I mean, is he has he taken over as the alpha, and are we just going to see Adam Thielen just kind of kind of drop out of the picture a little bit here moving forward? Just because he, I mean, Justin Jefferson seems like he just blots out the sun, man. He's he's a yeah. star. He, I listened to a, a press conference with Coach Zimmer yesterday, and he was explaining that uh, J.J.'s got a little more confidence even this year. And he was a confident kid last year, but yeah. he didn't start the first three games. So I think that was another reason why we were all caught by surprise, and we've been burned by Laquan Treadwell. Isn't, isn't that crazy looking back? He didn't even yeah. start the first three games. It's crazy. Yeah. And, and, so, and so we've got Chad Beebe kind of was in his spot where <laughs> Adam Thielen uh, – He's, I think, entering the tail end of his prime. But his skill set, he's not a burner. He's got good speed. So those guys tend to last longer. He runs precise routes. He's got good hands. He's got good leaders. He's well-liked. So I I think J.J. is going to be, obviously, the fan favorite now. That's going to take over over Adam Thielen because his plays are flashier. Um, But as far as leadership roles on the team, I still expect Adam to be the guy in that locker room as far as in the wide receiver room. And I mean, if, if, if that's, if he's let that guy in the locker room, he probably has the trust of Kurt. We saw you, we, we saw the cousins really, really continues to depend on him down in the red zone. I, I don't really see that. You know, that's not something I really see going away as long as Kirk is pulling the trigger. Right. Right. Yeah. It's a little, it's going to be a little weird now. I'm interested to see how Irv does with Kyle Rudolph. That was Kyle Rudolph was really a nice safety blanket in the end zone. How many one-hand catch where Kirk could just lob it up over a guy. And Rudolph is so tall, he just one-hand it. And he's got like a kid next to him, it looks like. So (laughs) with him gone, uh, I'm curious to see kind of who are going to fill up those targets. Irv can do it. I think they're a little bit different skill set-wise. So it'll be exciting to see. They didn't call him Rudolph the red zone reindeer for for no reason. Okay. uh, In the NFC North – uh, Justin Fields, do you do you want as a so answer these questions as yourself as a Vikings fan? Do you want Justin Fields to start the season at quarterback for the Chicago Bears? I do, and I, I think any football fan should want that as well. Um, I'm a little worried though; he's going to look really good, and and <laughs> we're going to be kicking ourselves that why didn't we move up and get him? But right. again. He would have sat on the bench for two years. Uh, you're not going to bench a 31 million dollar year quarterback or 45 million dollar year quarterback. So, so that, so yes, I want him to be good. I, I really, I dislike the Bears as a as a division rival. I hate the Packers. That so it's a bit different that the Bears they've toiled in quarterback misery like we have. So I don't want them to be good. But as a football fan, I want to see Justin Fields start the season. I want to see him do well. And so, so as a football fan, you obviously want Aaron Rodgers back in Green Bay, right? Certainly not. <laughs> that's, 
And that's the mind-blowing <laughs> thing. I don't think the Vikings are Super Bowl contenders this year by any stretch. Right. There's some pieces on the team I like. But if Rodgers is traded, the Vikings should be the favorite to win the division. I and, think they and, probably and, should, yeah. And, again, the Bears, if Justin Fields works out great with their defense, they should probably be the favorite. But I feel like this Vikings team, especially with the offense, it was the fourth offense in the league last year. We've got a bunch of returning defensive starters that were injured last year. We've got a hold or a, a COVID opt-out in Michael Pierce, Dalvin Tomlinson in the middle. I mean, it's going to be a very different defense. And so with as good as the Vikings offense was last year and then not having to chase, I mean, we allowed 29 points a game last year. It's insane. So, um, yeah, if, if Green Bay, if they trade Rodgers, and I feel like they're going to have to, I don't think he's giving up on this one, then it becomes a totally different division. Think they've gone from Favre into Rodgers. It's it's almost unfair. And it, the Packers have been a very mediocre team around him, and he's still gotten them on the doorstep of a super – he's got them one title, and he's got them on the doorstep a couple of times, basically on his own. He is a quarterback that he can just put the team on his back and will it them to victory. Oh yeah. He's a, he's a, he's a win because of him guy, not a win with him guy. That's, exactly. that's, for, that's, that's for sure. Okay. And finally the lions, uh, <laughs> what do you, um, I feel would so you, bad for the, that's the same man. Like, well, okay, all right. So would you rather have them stayed on their pre as a Vikings fan? Would you have rather them stayed on their previous trajectory under Matt Patricia, uh, in the uh, and uh, in the in the uh, what who I can't believe uh, Quinn, or would you rather them have the new uh, Dan Campbell, who seems like just a complete caveman of a coach? I don't know if he's too old school or how this is going to go. Jared Goff's their quarterback, Stafford's not there, so just take everything into consideration. How bad the old regime was, but at least they had Stafford. Now there's a whole new regime who might be better. They might not be better though. And now they got to do it with golf and your best, your best wide receiver might be the guy that you just drafted in the third round from USC. I'm on Ross St. Brown. I mean, I, I mean, what Tyrell Williams, Brashad Perriman, Quintez Cephas. This is a, this is an office with no firepower and a squirt gun arm with Jared Goff. Which, which, which would you rather have? As a Vikings fan, which path would you rather see the Lions on? The path they were on or the path that they're on now? Well, as a, as a Vikings fan, obviously, I, I liked the previous path. Right. It, although they always – they did play the Vikings tough a, a lot of times. And so we notoriously playing down to Marvin the – Jones would, Marvin Jones would eat up Xavier Rose in some of those matches. He would, yeah. Although <laughs> I might – that season I might have been able to eat up Xavier Rose and I don't have any legs. So, um, but the uh, – I want the Lions to be a good team. They've been terrible for so long. I liked Matt Stafford. I I respect the fact that they finally said, "Listen, we're going to rebuild. We're going to we're going to trade. We're going to take on Jared Goff and his contract. Give Stafford a shot out west. I I think he's going to have a good year out there. Um, but at least now they can kind of retool. As long as they held on to him." it was kind of the prevention or they were preventing themselves from rebuilding is because you've always got him and he's a, I, I think he's a good quarterback. So I do like that they're retooling. Now I want the NFC North to be a good competitive division. I'm it's kind of, I'm jealous of the NFC West, how that, how the top three teams there 
would could win the division in most of the other NFC, NFC North, NFC East for sure. So, I mean, it, that part of it, I, I definitely want to change because especially if, if Kirk Cousins, or not if Kirk Cousins, if uh, Aaron Rodgers is traded, the NFC North might be one of the worst divisions in, mm-hmm. in the NFL. And I, I don't want that. You, you you mentioned the NFC West and, and that you like those teams. You like the competition. The NFC North does get the NFC West next year. I believe they also get the AFC North. So it's not going to be not going to be the easiest. I want to have one more question here for you about the schedule. Go through these games, but before I do, I just want to remind people where all they can find you. One, my favorite podcast so far of the year here with John Creasel, just a complete, just a G. And an American hero, a motivational speaker. You can find him on Twitter at John Creasel and also at johncreasel.com. You can pick up his book, which is called Still Standing. Uh, I'd imagine you can just, can you just find it where books are sold? Absolutely. John? Amazon. Okay. It's on ebook. I'm working on the audio book. Been too busy, but yeah. Are you, are you going to read it? Yeah. Are you? yeah. Cool. Um, and then uh, also you can hear him on Friday mornings on KFAN, the Power Trip morning show. Uh, up up early in the morning with him and the, him and the other yahoos there that uh, contribute there on the station. I'm maniacal as always. <laughs> I'm, I'm very, very, I'm very, very sure about it. So again, at John Creasel, roster watch nation, we ask you to mobilize unite, man, go give our guy a follow, go support, uh, go, go support everything that John's doing. And you'll love following him because he's a, he's, he's a great fun follow on, on Twitter. Thank you. Okay. So um, Minnesota's project has a nine win total uh, win total for next season by the Vegas sports books. Let's just go through these games. You tell me your instant thought about whether the game is a win or a loss. I'll keep, I'll keep track here. So you get week one at Cincinnati who has a super low six and a half point uh, uh, or six and a half uh, win over under. Do you think they could take, uh, I think Burrow will, will be back by then, but the defense should absolutely be, their defense should still be terrible. What do you think? Win. Okay. Uh, next, the next week we we are at Kyler Murray in Arizona. Win. A win. Next week we are at home versus the Seattle Seahawks, which is the first time it's been at home against Seattle in forever. It's always it seems like either a Sunday night or a Monday night game at Seattle. At Seattle. Year. Yeah. Um, I think this one this one's going to be tougher. I don't think Seattle overall is a great team. They play the Vikings tough. Um, Russell Wilson always handles the Vikings, so I think that's a loss. The, the, the team with the best draft, I thought, in the whole uh, 2021 draft, the Cleveland Browns, uh, the Minnesota Vikings have at home. I can't believe the Cleveland Browns have a 10-and-a-half win total uh, pro- projected for next year. People are buying the Kool-Aid there. Are you buying the Kool-Aid? Minnesota at home versus the Browns. Uh, that's going to be a tough one. The difference is with fans back in U.S. Bank Stadium – that's going to be that's a very very loud place difficult to play um i i think that this one will be a cleveland win but i would not be surprised if the vikings are able to cleveland is without question the better team out of these two uh i do think the home field neutralizes it a bit but uh i i would think that this would drop the vikings to two and two week five detroit win Okay, a week, <laughs> weeks. How about this one? Week six at Carolina. Carolina doesn't have the best uh, doesn't have the best over under as far as what 
the sports books are projecting for their schedule. I believe it is, uh, we're talking now week six, so we're looking at a seven and a half win total for those guys. And I think this should be a Vikings victory. And really, the, realistically, the Vikings can't have more than two losses before the bye week if they want to really com- contend for a wild, a wild card spot or maybe the division even, but, but to be in the playoff conversation, because after that bye week, it gets nasty. It does. I'm just looking at it. So we get the buy in week seven, Dallas at home. Should be a win. Okay. Uh, at, oh, at just the, Jesus at yeah. Baltimore. This, this, this run here is tough at Baltimore loss at Justin Herbert and the Los Angeles Chargers. Wow. Not much of a home field advantage there, but... No, I mean, the last time the Vikings played there, it was... I have friends that were there. It was legitimately 50-50, and it was in the small soccer stadium, but at that time, before the new building opened up. But it oh, was so half... Because right. especially if it's later in the year, people want to get the hell out of Minnesota and go watch a game on the road in a warm climate. So um, I think that will be a loss as well. Green Bay at home. Tough one. Uh, the Vikings team last year won at Lambeau. So I, I think this should be a victory. This has to be a victory. Then we have at, at, San, Francisco, at San Francisco. Right. This so stretch long. after the bye, you said it's tough. Yeah. It picks up a little bit after this. It picks up a little bit after San Francisco. But, yeah. do, you, but do you think San Francisco's a loss? I think that's a loss. Okay. Um here we get into a little bit a little bit easier once we start to get into week 13 or so. We'll be starting to look at fantasy playoffs and stuff like this. This will be good matchups for these guys, especially wide receivers at Detroit. That's got that's a, they're they're going to sweep Detroit, right? Yeah, they should. They should absolutely. And I do like that that's the game before the Thursday night game. You don't want to be have like Green Bay and then on Thursday have a, have another game whereas if you're playing and not that you can overlook any NFL team but if you're playing the Lions on Sunday and then the Steelers on Thursday, it's uh, evens out a little bit. Steelers at home Thursday night. Kirk Cousins in prime time. In prime time, but I think <laughs> this, I think this is a win. Okay, uh, at at Chicago in mm-hmm. Week 15. Loss. Vikings never win at Soldier Field. Ooh. Okay, the uh, the the new look Rams with with Matt Stafford. I think that's a win. At home. Uh, then you go to Green Bay in week 17. I mean, assuming that Rodgers is on the team, that should be a loss. A loss. And then week eight. Jeez, I have this thing on my sheet. It's week 18. It starts with, is that Cincinnati? Who is that? Cle- Chicago Bears. Chi- oh, Chi- C8. I, but my sheet isn't made for 18 weeks, and so it's, <laughs> it cuts off after the C. I, 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 I can't expand it. Uh, yeah. So sh- Chicago at home. I'm sure you're going to say this. That's a win. So we got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. So you, so you're looking at a nine and eight prediction from John Creasel for the Minnesota Vikings this season. Is it good enough to get to the playoffs? I don't think so. I don't think so this year. It's it, it's adds interesting with that extra week. So we'll see. They, considering that last year, if they had won one more game. And I know that's a, that's a lot to ask, but they would have been in the playoffs. And it came down to if they didn't absolutely piss the bet again. No one expected them to beat the Saints, but after that Saints game, it, it was over. That was the nail in the coffin. So this team this year with the returning disabled er, er, disabled veterans, I was going to say, um, <laughs> the in, injured linebackers from last year, Eric Kendricks, Anthony Barr, and then getting the 
Hopefully, Daniil Hunter, this gets resolved with his contract dispute. There's money there to hopefully pay him a little bit more. And then we got the two interior linemen coming back. It should be a much better defense. So looking at, I would hope that we could squeak out another win, maybe 10 wins. And 10 wins should be enough. So we got to get there. But nine is my prediction. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.